I call social media a monster for a good reason. And this is going to be a great episode for any of you out there who want to help clients with social media. And for those of you who already are, you're really going to enjoy this rant. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey everyone, I am so happy to be here with you today. I am excited to talk about social media, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. Social media services and managing all of the accounts and whatnot is not my favorite thing to do. I helped Jennifer Allwood do her account for a good solid year, doing four to six posts a day on Facebook, helping with all of the Pinterest, all of the YouTube, and some of the Instagram, and I completely burn out. And I know that some of you here are going to get it. And for those of you who are looking at starting out new, I just want to help you set you up for success. So we're going to go through 10 things that I think you should do to help yourself if you're going to take on social media services. Now, don't get me wrong. Social media is a lot of fun. You get to be very creative. You get to think out of the box. You get to get instant results with what you're doing. You get to have like test, you get to test things and you get to try new things and see what's working and what's not working. And you get that like instant satisfaction. That was the word I was looking for. So I first have a little bit of a downside with social media. And for the record, I'm really enjoying doing it for my own business. I did have to kind of snap out of that mindset, which I help all of my clients get through when you're just starting and you have no followers. And for years, I didn't do anything for myself on social media. Like I was just behind the scenes and completely happy with it. And I really do regret not promoting myself and starting to build my own social media followings. Like I don't even have time to do Pinterest right now. And you would never know that I did Pinterest and I have some big wig clients because my Pinterest account is super tiny. I didn't even start Instagram till last year, till I went to the Kajabi conference. And I'm like, okay, I got to take this for real. And it sucked. It sucked starting from zero. But knowing that I knew what I was doing, you just couldn't see it on my own page. Now, the caveat here is if a business owner is going to hire a social media assistant or digital media VA who has a rockin' social media following, they're probably going to regret it. Because I really do think that people who spend all day long on social media and have those big numbers and those that big audience, all of the followers, they might not be the best person to hire. But in some cases, they might be too. But the bottom line is, if you are going to offer Instagram services, you should be on Instagram. And no one expects you to have tens of thousands of followers for sure. Not at all, but at least start going so you can get a couple hundred, right? At least you can show that you know what your Instagram account should look for. And the same goes with Pinterest. The same goes for Facebook. And that's just something to aim for with your business. I know it doesn't all start right away when you're a VA. You're so busy doing the work, right? We're the people who do the work behind the scenes. We're not always thinking about promoting ourselves, but long term, you're going to want to do it. Now, doing social media for a brand new client can be really hard, but at the same time, really fun and challenging. Like, I love taking on a new social media client. I love taking on a new 
business owner who I can guide with social media, but I'm also not really wanting to do all of the work behind the scenes anymore because like I said, I was, I'm a little burnt out. But what, what's really tough about social media is that it's such a visible service and you can be so easily critiqued and judge in your clients, if you're not working for the right people, it can leave me, at least, and some of the <laughs> students in my course too, really deflated and lacking confidence. Even though we know what we're doing, we know the strategies behind social media. We know what we're trying to do, what we're trying to sell, the funnels that we're building, and the no like trust factor that we're working on, and all the you know authentic and consistency strategies that we're supposed to do with social media, right? But social media is hard. It's so visual. And the second you mess up, the second I mess up, every single person will make a comment, the littlest typo. And it's like the bad is highlighted, but no one acknowledges the good. Like no one's complimenting you when you do really, really good, right? One of my students, Cody, just took on a brand new, actually her first client, and is helping with social media. And she got the best message from the client who said, my audience can't even tell that I'm not the one writing it. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then Cody shared it with our work group. We have some unicorns in a Facebook group where we get to network and connect and whatnot. And she shared that. I'm like, that is the best compliment ever. And so freaking rare, (laughs) very little have I ever heard of clients who appreciate all of the work that goes on behind the scenes sometimes. They they really do need to, they really need to be doing the work behind the scenes themselves for a while for them to appreciate it. And for some clients, it's so hard to let go. That social media is such a scary thing to let go. And they can be hypercritical. And they can also hire the wrong person and be very let down. So sometimes they come to us not in a good place. So here's a couple things. Just a little bit of my rant here. The reason I really don't like social media is it's a hamster wheel. Back when I was doing Jennifer Allwood's, you know, Facebook, it was four to six posts a day. And I remember going to Hawaii for my little brother's wedding because he's in the Air Force. My sister-in-law's in the Air Force. It was in Hawaii because that's where they were stationed. It was amazing. And I just had this cloud of social media hanging over my head. Like I had to stay on top of it. And the second something was wrong or a tag didn't come through the scheduler or something messed up or I made a mistake or for whatever reason, who knows? Like I was getting texts. Like I could never walk away. And maybe some of that was my own boundary faults. Part of it was probably my client because she was used to watching it like a hawk. But it's just never, nonstop, every day, having to come up with four to six posts for Facebook back when Facebook liked that, it was really, really hard. They call content marketing a hamster wheel because you have to keep going. But there's ways to do it smart because you have to be doing it every day, every day, every day. And there are ways to do it smart. And there are ways to repurpose other content so it doesn't feel like a drudgery. So I I have a good eye for that. I can go back to old blog posts and old Facebook posts that do well. I can really pick out little, you know, bits of micro content that do well. Like I like that part in the strategy, but when it comes to the monotony of having to do it day after day, like it's just not my thing. And I just hate that feeling of feeling like when you're unappreciated, when you're doing the the legwork in the background, you're helping grow the email list and grow the numbers. And it just becomes this like baseline of expectation. And 
it can feel like not that fun sometimes. Like it's not as glamorous as you think sometimes. It's just how it is. So, oh my gosh, I'm probably going to get so many messages about this social media rant right now. I can already tell. So a couple of my pet peeves are the clients who are super, super picky about everything and they hyperanalyze and micromanage every little adjective and they just don't know that it's like better if they step away because they're hovering over me. And I say me, but this goes with a lot of the like women I work with, a lot of my students. When the clients are hovering over us in any kind of creative field, doesn't that just make you get nervous and then do worse? Like you feel so, what's the word I'm looking for? You just feel so controlled and on edge like you're going to screw up. And then your creativity, you're not allowed to blossom with your thoughts and bring things to life. And I, I just hate that feeling. So watch out for those clients. And sometimes you do have to say, hey, I got this. Let me go. I got this. I got this. On the flip side, there are clients who pass it over and don't do a dang thing. And that can be just as frustrating. It can be really fun, but social media and that business isn't going to grow without the client's face, without their story, without their touches, without them doing some of the behind the scenes, you know, IG and Facebook stories and whatnot. You need their voice. And when they're completely like stepping back and letting you do all of it, that's a pain. It can be a struggle to come up with content, especially if your client doesn't keep up good communication with you. And if you see your client like lacking that excitement for social media, it kind of is a buzzkill, right? It kind of makes you not want to go all in anymore. Like I want to I want to be on a team and I work want to work with the clients who care, who a appreciate me and then B actually are paying a little bit of attention who want to show up for their business and who are serious about their business. So it's hard. It's hard because it's like two opposite ends of the spectrum, right? And there can be clients who are so different from each other. You get the ones who really care and a little bit OCD about it. And then you get the clients who micromanage. And then you get the clients who just like almost like give you their money and ghost. And in some cases, I do really like being autonomous. But one of my first Facebook clients, oh my gosh, it was so hard. It was such a struggle. And this was before I had taken a Facebook course. And I was figuring things out on my own. I realized I needed to keep posting consistently on Facebook for them. I realized that engagement was good. So I was just trying to like make stuff up. I remember it being Christmas time and I was just sharing elf on the shelf photos. This was like back in the day. It was probably like what, 2010? I mean, it's like really dates me, you guys. This was 10 years ago. And I'm just like, what can I post on Facebook that will be funny that this audience would appreciate? And I don't know. Um, it it seemed to fit because it was a creative type of business and I don't really need to explain this anymore. But I was just, I was that desperate for content and they weren't keeping me in the loop. So with that said, let's take a little break and then I'm going to give you the 10 things to help yourself with clients and doing social media services. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by my very own GIF and sticker making workshop. Turn your clients' videos into GIFs, design branded stickers for Instagram stories, and master the art of making your own GIF for promo emails. This is fun unicorn magic that we can do behind the scenes easily for our clients. The workshop is one hour, just $17.99. The link is in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash gif workshop. That's G-I-F workshop. Back to the show. 
So a big lesson I've had over the years in social media is that when I just show up and act confident and allow my brain to do its thing, allow the creativity to flow through my fingertips to the keyboard, when I'm allowed to try things and test different ideas and play on social media and have fun with it, when I can show up with confidence and not be scared that I'm going to disappoint the client, I do so much better. I love it so much more. I wish I could tap into this confidence I have now, 10 years later. I wish I had had this confidence when I first started with Jennifer Allwood's Instagram. That would have been amazing. I would have just killed it. But I was so worried about disappointing her and doing things wrong. My first Facebook client, same thing. I wish I could have just said to them, hey, I need this from you once a week. You need to do this. You need to do that. I wish I was a little bit more bossy. But I've grown a lot. I've learned a lot. I've managed a lot of other clients' social media. I really like helping and advising during launches and helping get strategic with some of those posts or just kind of reminding and guiding my clients what to do on Instagram. I'll have to tell you one of the strategies that I teach in the VA crash course that I have that's actually opening up in October, hint, hint, I say that your Instagram clients and even your Facebook clients, but you see this big time on Instagram, they should reintroduce themselves. They should introduce themselves every week, maybe every other week at the least. I always tell my Instagram clients, introduce yourself every week or every other week to your fans and tell them about you. Tell them your why story and share a little bit about you and say hi. And don't make it so obvious like those like Friday follow hello post I think are kind of annoying and make me want to scroll right by. But there's a way to do it that gets attention and lets your client share their story with all their new followers. Well, one of my brand new Instagram clients had done that. And I said, just do this. I know you hate showing your face, blah, blah, blah. Let's just do this. Do it once a week. And guess what? She did it. And she had four TV producers reach out to her because of that Instagram post, because of what I told her to do. That's kind of the Instagram coaching and consulting I like to do. I've done it enough for myself, for my clients that I don't mind popping in there and kind of reminding my clients what to do, but not actually having to do the work. So that confidence that I have now to be Miss Bossy, I just wish I would have started with that, right? I mean, if we could just bottle it up. Actually, I I would like to take that all the way back to the awkward phases of middle school where the acne was starting and I was two feet taller than every single boy and I had those lovely braces for six years. I wish I could bottle that confidence I have now as a 39-year-old woman in digital marketing. I wish I could just have that, but you know, hindsight. Now you're here, you're listening to this, and you can learn from me. And sometimes you do have to fake it till you make it in a good way, in a very good way, because what you've learned, all of these things that you're learning, you can apply to clients. You know what you're doing. Don't second guess yourself. The second you start letting that doubt creep in is when social media gets hard, when it gets unfun, when you start hating your clients, when you start resenting them. And that is what we don't want for you. Okay, so here are 10 things to help yourself out with. Number one, 
Before you finalize any kind of agreement, whether a formal contract or not, you need to find out how often your client really expects you to post. Because it's one thing for them to, you know, to go off of what they've been doing. It's another thing to discuss their expectations. Now, Tyler J. McCall right now in his group is teaching everybody to post on Instagram every other day. And really, it can be different for every person, but that's just his advice, right? So if I were starting off with a new client, I would probably just do that and give yourself the flexibility. But if you don't explicitly say, I'll be posting to Instagram every other day, they're just going to assume you're doing it five days a week, six days, even seven days a week. And you need to set that record straight right away. You don't want to walk into a situation where you're working for Jennifer and you're having to do like six Facebook posts a day. You got to be very clear on the quantity before you can give that price and you can set those contracts. So you also, before you set that contract, you really need to discuss what are you going to do about the DMs? What are you going to do about the private messages and the direct messages that are coming in? Who's responsible for that? Because if you're going to be the one managing that, if your client is that hands off or doesn't have another VA or assistant who can help, that might fall on you and you could be losing money (laughs) by doing that kind of work because sometimes the DMs can take up so much time. There can be so many questions you don't know. And if your client is completely hands off, then they're going to expect you to do it. And you need to make sure that is cleared up at the beginning and charge for it. How much time do you think those DMs are going to take you every day to answer or find the answers or forward to the right person? It's not going to be quick. Okay, number three, charge for the getting to know you time. The time and effort it takes for you to learn their brand, to start listening to their Facebook lives and getting a feel of their voice, to consuming their content, to dive into their history and see what worked and what didn't, charge for that. Don't do that for free. That takes a lot of work, and that's your brain power and your effort to do the homework. Now, I'm not saying sit there and listen to five Facebook Lives back to back to back and then charge for five hours. Maybe be efficient with your time. Figure out if you were the business owner, what would you want to pay for? And collect the main pieces of information that you need to. And I like to dive into the past a lot to see what they've been doing. I like to look at competitors to see what they're doing. I like to bring my own ideas to the table. So it's kind of a mix of all that, but definitely put that in your startup fee, whatever you decide works for you and your method and your framework. Okay, number four is very related. Get a brand voice guide together. Start it. Start it before you start posting. Just do a quick interview. Do a recorded Zoom call where you ask your client the basic questions and get it recorded so you can you know, reference it if you have other questions. But you need to learn that the words, the things that your clients say, the things they hate, the things they would never post, the emojis they would never post, their favorite emojis, their favorite colors. How do they do their greetings? Like, you know, I say, hey, everyone all the time. I didn't realize that about me until I really started listening in to myself. What are the sign-offs? How do you say bye to your people? Get this brand voice guide started and put this in your startup setup fee, right? And then as you go, keep adding to it, especially if you're going to have a long-term relationship with this client, especially if this client doesn't have this. 
start documenting the things that they say and they don't say. I had a client once tell me, I strategically picked out adjectives that she said all of the time in Facebook Lives. And I had a little bank of these and I used one of them in an email. She's like, I would never say that word. And I just laughed to myself because I'm like, you say this word all the time. I would never say this word. (laughs) It's just kind of like, sometimes it's just like a little ammunition to like fight the fight, right? Because social media, writing, copywriting, sometimes clients, they just think they can do it better. And sometimes they can. Sometimes that voice is pretty obvious when it's not theirs, but your job is to try to get as close as possible to it. And you don't have to be perfect, especially starting out. You know, miracles don't happen overnight, and I'll get to that in a second. Okay, uh, number five, work two weeks ahead of time or more. Whatever you can do. If you can do more, do more. But get organized and plan ahead. Do not say yes to a new social media client and then start work right away. You have to give yourself time to work ahead. You have to give your client time to approve your social media post. Even if they act like they're desperate and they need you to start right away, do not do it. You want to get their input on those first two weeks of Facebook post, Instagram post, or whatnot to learn what they like and what they don't like and, and get their voice really included in there. I've made this mistake. I've started too fast. I didn't start off on the right foot. I just started off in the weeds, like always behind, always trying to grab for pictures and always grabbing for content and always trying to throw the client's voice in there. And it was a disaster. And even working ahead can be hard because you still need your client to buy in. And it just depends on what kind of client you have. Some of the clients who care, they will work with you. And if you have a client who is not going to bother to read it or approve it, it might not be the client you want to stay with forever. Or maybe you enjoy that for a while. You know, it's kind of up to you. This is the beauty of this business. You can say yes to the clients you love, and you can say no to the clients that just aren't working out. So number six is also related. Get the drafts approved by the client, and you have to adapt to their system. I've done this many, many ways for different clients. When I worked for Jennifer, I would just write them, and they would be cued as a draft in Facebook. But then sometimes Facebook got a little funky with that, and then they've switched to create or schedule. So there's other ways to do it. You could write these posts ahead of time and put them in a Google document. You could put them in another scheduler that's less finicky than the creator studio. You can do it inside your project management tool and have your clients approve the the post that way. I visually like having them all in one place for the week. I think that works out really well, just knowing what's coming up for the week. Now, some clients are planned out 30 days ahead of time because they're really good about batch editing and whatnot. And hopefully you could get to that point in your business. But keep it simple and give your client the opportunity very early on to approve the post, give their input, and maybe maybe they're going to be hands-off down the road, and that's cool too. Once you get to that point, you can just hit publish without even consulting them. I kind of like clients like that sometimes. But here's the thing. Number seven, your clients have to do some of the work. Make them do some of the work. The business won't grow without their personal involvement, without their face, without their story. And sometimes you just have to remind them this and give them assignments like, hey, I will do your Instagram stories, but you have to do two a week yourself. 
You have to do two behind-the-scenes business ones. I can't fake those. Or maybe they just film them and give them to you, but they've got to give you the content. And if they don't, you just don't post that day. I've done that in Facebook schedules too. I said, you know what? I will do one Facebook post a day and you need to do one a couple times a week. You do it at this slot. I will always post at this time slot and we'll be good. But you know, I'm not going to stress. I'm not going to nag them. It's not my job to herd cats and remind them to do their job. But I will make it clear, you know, they need to show up too. So number eight for how to help yourself with social media clients. Brag about yourself. Brag about your wins. If you don't do it, no one else will, right? Sometimes they don't see what's going on behind the scenes. Like they're so busy probably analyzing your grammar (laughs) that they don't see the good things you're doing. So if you've got the smallest win, share it. If your engagement for that post did really well, share it. A few of my Instagram posts for a client did crazy with the hashtag explore discover rate. I think I got up to, I passed 60% for hashtag discovery. And I just thought this was amazing. All of her posts before she hired me were like one or 2%, even with hashtags. And so you better believe I showed her that and bragged about it and said, look what we're doing. And that just gives them the confidence. If you go too quiet and you don't talk about yourself, they just start mistrusting you. (laughs) It's true. Clients go to that place where they automatically assume the worst. I mean, not all of them are that bad, but you know what I'm saying. I've learned this lesson a zillion times, and this is one of my faults because I just want to be left alone and to do the work behind the scenes, but you've got to brag about yourself. I learned this lesson when I worked for the Arts Council of Oklahoma City, and I had a whole marketing board, and we were just really quiet. But when the marketing board isn't sharing every every board meeting, it just doesn't look good, right? Even though we're like killing it, we're doing so well. I should have been bragging about everything our marketing board had been doing, our committee or whatever, everything we were doing. And I kept quiet about it because I'm just, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm humble. But there's a difference between, you know, humility and bragging and being humble. And you need to share your wins and share the good things you're doing. And client will learn to trust you that way. Okay, number nine, how to help yourself with clients with social media. You can't always take it personally. Clients get so obsessed with their image and their vanity numbers and their performance and their engagement rates. You have to remind them that not everything is going to be above 10% engagement on Facebook. It's just how it is. You have to remind them that they're there for the long game. You're helping them show up consistently. You will have to act a little bit like a therapist with them and remind them these things and not take it personally when they're bummed out when something went wrong. There's the people pleasers, the Enneagram twos of the world. We just want to make everybody happy. And it doesn't always happen like that. And it's not our fault. We know what we're doing. You've taken the courses. You've done the work behind the scenes. You have the experience. Don't let their hangups give you that self-doubt and do not take it personally. Number 10, the cliche, have fun with it. And this goes back to my story about having confidence. The more fun and the more creative you're being and the more you're listening to the audience and showing up for them and trying new things, I just see the social media does better. When it's forced, people are doing what everyone else is doing and copying each other. 
I just feel like the audience, they pick up on it. They see that. They know when it's not authentic and when someone's just posting because they were told to post a certain amount of times. Like, Don't force it. Have fun with it. And you can always, always delete it. Even if a couple people saw it, you can still delete it. And you know what? Sometimes you can delete it before your client sees it if you make that big of a mistake. So really have fun with it and that confidence will show through and your love for social media will show through. Social media is fun. You're connecting people together. You're sharing content that makes their life better. It can be entertaining. It can be valuable. It can help people get through hard times. Like just there's so many possibilities here with social media and it's much needed. Clients cannot keep up with their own social media. It is a hamster wheel. It is a monster that requires constant feeding, and they're hiring you to help them. So you've got this. I'm here in your corner, and I'm just so, so happy that you're here on this podcast. Would you leave me a rating, a review, and subscribe, please? That would help me out so, so much. So next episode, my friend Kristen Westcott is going to be here talking about four things your clients should do to get ready to hire you. And yes, this can fall into the social media realm of things because clients need to get their act together and get organized before they bring on people. And you can add in the lessons you've learned today about a brand voice guide and a plan and some of those things to get their social media off the ground. So I'll see you next week. Bye. ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become a unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. At the, at the most, at the least, I guess is how I would say that. Emily, you can make me look smart there, right? <laughs>